0: Welcome to Over the Edge Podcast with Paige Ray. I am Paige, and this is a weekly chat about pushing creative boundaries, making big moves without knowing all of the answers, and jumping off a cliff to our dreams while figuring out how to build a plane on the way down. So find your favorite chair, grab your coffee, and get ready to live the dream without losing your mind. Let's go over the edge together, friends. Welcome to Over the Edge podcast. This week, I am extra excited. I am over the edge excited for my very first guest on my podcast. I want to introduce you to Ashley. She is the creative behind the Awe Studio based out of Austin, Texas. As a brand photographer and video creator, she specializes in fun, feminine, colorful visuals for entrepreneurs at every step of their journey. Ashley's enthusiastic and friendly approach creates a fun atmosphere during shoots where she is able to capture your brand's true essence in every frame. And I can vouch for this. I have known Ashley for a while and she is an incredible visual artist. Ashley, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Welcome.
1: Thank you so much. You have no idea how excited I am to be here. Like just like I... I've been waiting for this moment my whole life, probably like <laughs> no no joke. I've been waiting for you to podcast forever. So I'm excited to be, I guess.
0: Oh my gosh. That is so kind of you. It's definitely <laughs> podcasting is an adventure. And one of the reasons that there, well, there are a lot of reasons why I wanted to have you on today and we're definitely going to get into all of them. And one of them is you are going to be starting your own podcast and your priority with it is to keep it real, which I love because that's a lot of what we do here. So I will want to talk about that overlap. Today, we're going to be talking about keeping it real, staying authentic in a world that really almost insists that we polish everything to perfection. We'll be talking about ADHD and business, and we'll be talking about motherhood and business, which is, I find, to be a really important topic across the board. So let's dig into that. Ashley, so for you, I'd love to ask, what does it mean to keep it real?
1: Oh, that's a good question. And I was thinking about this the other day, actually, when I was like starting to, you know, the concept for the podcast, really keeping it real is just being you without filtering yourself. And sometimes that... Sometimes, depending on the environment we're in, we have to filter ourselves in some way, you know, to to be like <laughs> polite. Um, but keeping it real in a way that, you know, doesn't feel like you are really making yourself smaller in whatever environment you are, using the voice you have to say the things you want to.
0: I love that because it is so easy. It is so easy to just listen to the world and decide to stay small because going the other way, deciding to take up space, deciding to step into your voice, deciding to be heard and be seen is super, it's scary as fuck. Nobody tells you that part. (laughs) It sounds awesome. It sounds like, yes, I'm going to lead. I'm going to do these things. And then the actual steps it takes to not be small, to not shrink back, to not make it, not be kind of worried about everything that comes along with that is really, really hard. So, what kind of comes up for you when you think about keeping it real and not staying small or playing small? What comes up for you when you are taking steps to make sure you stick to those like values and principles?
1: I think that's a good question oh wow that's that's a lot well that's a lot, a to lot. we got there. right into <laughs> it yeah. whoa you yeah um I think whew. okay so start with the first part you said I'm like okay let me let me break this down because I feel like this is such a important question that it has to be maybe asked in a couple of different ways yeah Um. totally or so, so the first part
0: so when we are thinking about like okay it, let's say you're a creative and you're like I don't want to play small I don't I want to step into my voice and when you mm. go out into the world to do that what you really end up encountering is everybody's polished everybody's perfect and it's hard to reconcile that with like well I want to stay authentic to myself Um, mm. I don't want to shrink back to like I don't want to shrink myself in any way you know that would that would compromise who I am or make me feel like I'm being somebody I'm trying to be somebody that I'm not so when you're thinking about that what's something that you keep in mind or like a maybe a mindset shift that you have to be able to kind of weather the challenges of that
1: okay I okay I that I get and I I think one important thing is first of all we're consuming so much content right like no matter if we're business owners or just people in the world, like we're consuming so much stuff. I think we have to stop consuming when we feel like we don't know who we are. And it's tricky because the temptation is there all the time. Um, I mean, when I started my business, I was like, okay, so I don't think no, not very many people know this. I had a business for like a whole month for like creating like vinyl um, cutouts You know, like on putting them on cops. I thought it was the coolest, cutest thing. Yeah. And I thought, oh, everybody's doing this. Like, I'm going to start doing this. And I started like a catalog and everything. And then I realized I really don't like this at all. (laughs) So there was like this, I think this pressure from everybody to like start a business right away and not even have a hobby, like just do it that way. And so that was because I was seeing all these people around me doing that. And Mm -hmm. instead of me like trying it out and for a couple of months and seeing if this was right for me, I just jumped right into it. And that was because I, you know, I was just doing what I thought I should do, you know?
0: Absolutely. And you said something that was so, I think, important and like really spot on. You said we have to stop consuming when we feel like we don't know ourselves or when we feel like we don't recognize ourselves or something, you know, close to that. And I want to reemphasize that because I actually haven't heard an insight put that way before, but I think it's so spot on because the, the line of like, how do I know I'm being authentic? How do I know I'm being myself? Really does get fuzzy at a certain point, right? We really do sometimes show up in ways that, that we feel good about and we feel are like true to us or authentic to us. But then maybe we look back and we go like, is was that, was that real? Was that authentic to myself? And sometimes I know I've showed up in ways that I'm like, I feel like I don't even recognize myself. And, and when I look back on why, you know, why do I feel that? I remember looking around and going like, I see what everybody else is doing and do I feel like I need to keep up with that? And so it does I'll come down a lot to consuming and, being so hyper aware of everything around us that we forget to like look within us first.
1: Yeah. And, and so actually I think one of the ways that I kind of realized like that I was kind of following others was actually during your mastermind. I, I think I was like, wait a minute. I'm like, my branding was like, I don't, it was just boring and like super feminine. And I was trying to be this like thing that I thought that I was supposed to be. And then during your mastermind, I think you just really helped me realize that being myself was totally acceptable. And I don't have to like try and do this. As a matter of fact, in branding, you don't want to be like everybody else. That's literally the point of branding. You're like making yourself different so that people will want to work with you and not somebody else. So I realized that when we really got deep and you asked a lot of questions in that mastermind. So looking at, and and I'm speaking specifically to, to my brand, because that's like the first thing that popped up in my head, but it doesn't have to be a brand. I mean, just anybody go and journal go and look at journaling prompts and start answering questions. Stream of consciousness writing is a huge thing. I mean, I'll start writing yeah. like today, my day was blah, blah, blah. And then I like start going into this thing about like, I don't know, my favorite food is watermelon. And then I'm like, why did I talk about watermelon? And then all of a sudden <laughs> I have these ideas, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, I think that's really important to just um, do that. And also honestly, therapy. therapy oh my is- goodness. I have learned so much about myself in therapy. It has made me understand myself so much more when my therapist will be like, okay, you realize you've talked about this over and over again. And I'm like, oh, I have, this is who I am. You know, like Mm -hmm. it's, it's refreshing when you get that like, um, kind of more neutral person telling you, this is kind of how you are. And then you understand, I can work with who I am, right? Mm-hmm. I can be myself. Um, so again, the, you know, it, with branding, business, life, whatever it is, I think those are really, really important things to do is is journaling and therapy. That's a really good start to finding your authentic self.
0: That is so true. And I I really, really hear you. Um, This is actually a note that I've gotten from my therapist too, because we talk about how my thoughts tend to be really focused like how I tend to like I can stay on one thing for a while and for me we really dug into that because I, I tend to stay on a thought for too long and what it turns out is you can have OCD of your thoughts It's not just necessarily repetitive behavior in your physical world, but in your, in your mind, you can have OCD of your thoughts. And so that's been part of my therapy journey, not necessarily saying that that's, that's what you were saying was part of yours, but like that, that to me, I think is interesting because one thing that is really helpful when you are building a business or when you're creative is going to therapy, finding a therapist that works for you, that can support you, that can start to like demystify things for you. And that was one of the things I was having trouble with. I'm like, I get stuck on one thing for too long and it's detrimental after a time period. And so that was really helpful to kind of dissect that. Um, But I love that you brought up therapy because I think that's so vital and it's, oh, I I honestly can't speak to this. I don't know if we can write it off as a business expense, but it feels like we should be able to write it off as a business expense, right?
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I, uh, yeah.
1: oh no, I was gonna say, I, I, one of my friends on a, on another podcast had said something about how um, being an entrepreneur is is you know therapy. Times a thousand because you really, when you're running a business by yourself and you're playing all these roles, you really start to not only notice your your weaknesses and strengths, but you really start to hone in on um, things about your personality and things that you realize maybe um, are, are hard to deal with. Along the way, you know, so so yeah, absolutely. Uh, entrepreneurship and therapy, I definitely think it should be a business expense. Absolutely, <laughs>
0: right? I, exactly. Um, and the other thing that you note that I wanted to note is that you were talking about um coming into the mastermind and kind of starting to explore what your brand was and could be. And I remember because I just felt like your brand was so clear to me. Like I just felt like it was so amazing and fun to be around you and. I I'm just like that's going to turn into an entire brand like it's just going to be such a treat and such a joy to be photographed by you like that's the brand um and you were such an amazing embodiment of all of that, that that it seemed really clear to me like what your brand was about to become and where you were going with that and it's so amazing to see i love it
1: yeah i mean you helped me just realize that i i mean like i think you know i had this idea in my mind too you know uh, that I had to create like, almost like a character mm-hmm. to, uh, I don't know if it was to separate myself from my business or to, um, you know, not be too much of myself because I might scare people away. I don't know what it was, but there was a part of me that held back for some reason. And I don't think I really know to this day the full the full reason why. You know, I have suspicions, but um, you know, uh, some of it comes with, you know, uh, comes back to like self-consciousness and um, you know, uh, self-esteem issues, I think. And um, you know, again, like I I don't really know, but I think it roots from that s- somehow. Um and when we were going through your mastermind, I think you just helped me realize that um because you're just such a kind person and you have just a beautiful presence about you that you just made me feel comfortable being in my own skin. Like
0: oh gosh, thank you.
1: So it was funny. so beautiful. Oh,
0: yeah. Because you're so beautiful. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, we're gonna cry. <laughs> But you said so many amazing things there too, because like I've, everything that you felt about that, I felt about that. Like there have been so many times in being a creative and running my business where I felt like, okay, well, I can't be fully myself. That's too much for people. I've I've learned that over the years. I think I'm too much for people and I felt I felt the same. I always felt like I had to create some sort of persona that was the polished, perfect version of me. And then maybe that would be accepted. Um, Right. And and of course, it doesn't work like that. Like we we never really we really just have to be ourselves (laughs) and, you know, find community in ways that in places where we feel like we can be ourselves fully 100% right and starting to understand that like we're never too much we're ne- you can never be too much you, you being yourself is always being the exact right amount of who you're of who you should be and anyone that would tell you otherwise is really just like projecting onto you of, of what they would like you to be, because it makes them more comfortable to see you stay small, to go back to what we were talking about earlier. Right. But it took a lot of time to learn that it didn't, it's not an instinctive thing. The instinctive thing is like, okay, um, be somebody else. Don't be 100% myself. (laughs) Right. And, um, you know, how do we, how do we stop? I don't, okay. So maybe this is my next question because, I've never fully been able to like answer this for myself. So maybe you can help me out a little bit, but whenever I'm in like networking or an event or anything like that, I'm, you know, always kind of saying, how do I stay myself without feeling like I have to slip into a, a persona version of me that performs just as I'm supposed to. Right. Um, Do you, is there anything that you think about or like when you go into events and you're like, I'm just going to be myself. I'm going to start by being myself. Is there anything that you remind yourself of or that you, um, do you have like a routine that you go through before you go in, like play a song (laughs) in the car (laughs) anything?
1: I probably should. Um, I, (laughs) I feel like that, I mean, I definitely, in my mind, I pump myself up like, Hey, remember, like, you're a likable person, you know? Um, yes, you're loud, but you know, I've learned that, um, people have told me repeatedly that my energy is contagious. So I tap into that and go, listen, if I play small, I might not be able to help the energy of the room, like go up, you know? So I go in there thinking like, I almost feel like it's my duty, like in a way to really come there with my full presence and be like, this is me. Mm. And, you know, I don't want to be around people that I'm trying to pretend anything with. Like yeah. that's, ex- that's more exhausting than being. So, you know, <laughs> I will outright like show up loud, boisterous self. Mm. And if people stare at me, cause I'm being loud. Okay. you all aren't my friends. That's fine. Whatever, you know, like <laughs> I ain't got time for all that like, you know. Like, I ain't got time for all you people anyways um I, you know the people pleasing era is gone from my life you know um the and I actually started reading the the subtle art of not giving a f oh yeah um, that's- I started reading this recommended by my therapist. (laughs) So I started reading it. I'm like five pages in and legit. I'm like, this is going to be my book because it's it's something about I'm inching towards 40, you know? And I'm like, it's interesting when you inch closer to 40, you just, it's like a weight lifted off your shoulder. You're like, wow. Because a lot of uh, in society, 40 is an age where you start to not be recognized as much right exactly. it's like you're starting to fall into the 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 I don't even know what you want to call it just the ignoring phase right yes and i think that gives us the ability to like like not care as much. And I love that for us. (laughs) I really do. Yes,
0: I fully agree. Okay. First of all, I want to highlight another gem (laughs) that you gave us. The people pleasing era of my life is gone the people pleasing era is gone from my life which might just be the title of this episode um I love that so much <laughs> and it's so true so I had multiple friends tell me that like you when you wake up on your 40th birthday you really don't care you just really stop caring what the people think and I'm like well that sounds nice and magical like I would like it if it were that cut and dry and straightforward and you know what it is I woke up at 40 and I was I, like, I think oh, it is. <laughs> I don't care what other people think anymore. It's too much effort.
1: <laughs> Which I feel is like so a psycho because I'm like, I love this. I love it. I it's don't fantastic. care Fantastic.
0: The other thing we want to talk about today is ADHD. And what's funny about that, mm. so we both build businesses as ADHD business owners. And mm-hmm. actually, speaking loudly is an ADHD quality. And <laughs> so it's it's not it's not uncommon, right? And one thing I love. When you are ADHD and you're trying to fit yourself in a nine-to-five role, it's really hard because you got to kind of adjust yourself to what other people need from your schedule or from your thought processes and your ability to deliver and the hours that you want to work. But when you're ADHD and you get to make your own calendar and your own time and your own process and your own everything, it really gives you the ability to... um, do what you need to do to work best. And I think that's a special, unique thing um, for ADHD business owners. What I'd love to know from you is when you were building your business and thinking about the ADHD of it all, how did you consider building your business differently or in a way that worked for you?
1: So actually for me, I was only recently diagnosed as ADHD. So my, I'd say my therapist was like, oh, you're ADHD. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a year ago, she's like, oh, for sure. There's no doubt about it. Um, <laughs> so I had always just kind of been suspicious, but I think there was this stigma about it. And I never was like, uh, oh, like, cause my, my brothers definitely had ADHD. Um, and I had that like idea of like, oh, that's, that's what ADHD, but, but we really, when she told me that it really, changed my life. I swear to God, because I was like, well, first of all, everything makes sense. Mm -hmm. And whenever I kind of realized that and putting that with my business, I realized that this would allow me to understand how to shape my business better. And before I mean, I straight up, I still struggle now. Um, But because I know that my brain works differently, I give myself grace, first of all, And I just say, look, I, I only have limited time. Okay. I am a mom. My, I work around my husband's work schedule. So that's already hard enough. And then the days that I'm assigned to work, some days I can't think Mm -hmm. I am overwhelmed with thoughts. And for me, a lot of the time I have so many ideas and I can't even put them on paper because they're swirling around in my head so much and I can't concentrate. Right. Mm -hmm. So now I know this is part of it, right? This is part of the ADHD and, and, and the modern world (laughs) in general. (laughs) Um, So I just realized on those days, I can't work. It's just not going to happen. And I have the um, privilege of not having to worry about being the breadwinner. Now, when I become the breadwinner, things might be a little bit different, <laughs> um, but, but I don't have to worry about that. And I do, I know that is a privilege. I am able to work around, you know, the the problems that I face but I'm constantly, um, you know, like giving myself grace and educating myself on ways to work around it. One of the things I am notorious for is in my business. Um, I have worked with probably like six different CRMs because nothing has worked for the way that my brain has. So I'm constantly in the state of like, sorry, uh with my clients, you know, sorry, I'm working with a new program, you know, bear with me. And I feel like I'm always trying to like work in the back end doing something. Mm-hmm. And I've just just this year, I decided I can't, I can't do that anymore. I've got to like stick. And like fight the urge to want to try something new and learn something new Um, because it's almost kind of exciting for me to like not be, to like learn something new not be like stuck in the same boring system. Right. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I made a promise to myself that I was going to stick to it because um I need to like, I need to get stuff done. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided, Hey, this year I'm sticking to Dubsado and that is my CRM. And as much as I wanted to try and look at other shiny objects, I said, no, this is what I have to stick to. So part of it is really getting past like those urges and just reminding myself, like, this is going to be for the better of my business for my clients, especially because they deserve a client experience that makes them feel, uh you know, loved really and, and feel like they know what's going on. And when I'm constantly fidgeting around with other things, they don't get that and um, they suffer for it. And I'm all about delivering that client experience so that they come in that day and they see my energy and they're like, yes, we got this. You know, like I want to deliver that. So I work around those things with, you know, sticking to the things I promised myself and just fighting that urge to go to something else. And, you know, some days it's successful and other days it's not. Um, But that is at least what I'm trying to do right now.
0: That is, okay, so there are so many good things you said there. First, yes, give yourself grace. If you're an ADHD business owner, things the volume on how difficult things are got turned up a little bit for us, and that's just kind of (laughs) the way it is. And so giving yourself grace, and sometimes there are just going to be days when your brain does not work. It just doesn't. And I might explain that um, in a little bit more detail for viewers, but I also just want to point to what you were saying about um, sometimes – the processes, there just isn't a process out there in a CRM or in a planner or in an anything that actually works best for an ADHD brain. And so our best option, which sucks is to just suck it up. And we just have to do yeah. It's kind of like, like I, I deal with time blindness from the ADHD, but mm-hmm. I don't get the option to be late to my photo shoot. So I do have to set multiple alarms. And Same. <laughs> Right. I set so many alarms and I leave an extra, extra, extra amount early because I'm so worried. I can't, I can't figure out traffic, like traffic and like, time accommodation for traffic doesn't really compute so i just give make sure i'm extra early all of the time so some of these things that we deal with as adhd business owners just kind of we have to suck it up and that's unfun and it's unfair but it kind of is the way it is um uh, but uh, but i do also want to um go back to what you were saying so when it comes to ADHD, just as a little, little course on kind of what's happening with your brain when, when you have ADHD for anybody that's listening and either does or does not deal with it. But if you can imagine, um, if you can imagine your brain, all of our brains have like a filing cabinet. And this this is not an example I came up with. This is an example I came up with as I learned about ADHD from my in my diagnosis and with my therapist. So all of our brains have a filing cabinet and all of the information that's inside that filing cabinet, it's all the same information, right? None of us are at a deficit for how we know, for how we understand things or learn things or whatever that looks like. We all have the same papers inside this filing cabinet. However, when you are not ADHD, when you are neurotypical is what the word is, um, when you are neurotypical your filing cabinet has a label on it. And when you open that filing cabinet, all of the information inside is put into these really nice folders that are alphabetized. So for example, when you wake up in the morning and you wanna get make coffee, you simply wake up and inside your brain, you walk to the drawer that says morning, you open it, you pull out the folder that says coffee, you make a coffee and that, and then you close everything up and everything works out really nicely. And you don't have to spend any energy or really thought process figuring out making coffee because you know where to go to get it. When ADHD or neurodivergent brains wake up in the morning and want to make coffee, we have to walk over to a filing cabinet that is not labeled where all of the information is not alphabetized. We don't know what drawer it's in. And it seems to change from day to day where that drawer is located, right? We're guessing. So if we want to make coffee in the morning, we have to guess at what drawer it is or open drawers until we find it. And how that really breaks down in in the physical world is it's not just to get up and make coffee. For ADHD brains, what that really is, is sit up in bed, put my shoes on, walk to the kitchen, open the cabinet, pull out the coffee, turn on the grinder, It's one million different steps. And for a neurotypical brain, those steps don't really feel like anything. But for a neurodivergent brain, those steps can be big challenges. And you're using a lot of your decision-making capabilities um, just to make coffee, right? So it makes everything a little bit more frustrating. So when we're talking about executive function and broken executive function, neurodivergent brains and ADHD brains have a broken executive function. And so that's essentially what's happening is um when we're talking about how some days our brains just aren't going to work that's what we mean. Some days the filing cabinet will not open um and no matter how many drawers we figure out a way to get open, the information we're looking for just isn't there. Um, it's all it's right it's different information and maybe we fixate on that for a little <laughs> bit but it's not what we were supposed to do. Um, so I just want to explain that a little bit for our listeners at really what what's happening with ADHD because, I think that a lot of people think that maybe it's just hyperactivity disorder and we get like distracted by a lot of things and that's absolutely true but also <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's broken Yeah that no question. that's I've never heard that and that is I mean it's on point I it's it's amazing um, to, to understand, um, things now that I know that I am ADHD and and start to, to see things like that. I'm like, Oh God, that makes so much sense to me, you know? And, you know, I'll, I'll talk to my husband about something and, you know, like for instance, the other day I was looking at the cabinet and I said, you know, I really want to rearrange the cabinet. I saw this thing on Pinterest and I started talking about it. And he looked at me like in the, like the craziest look you've ever seen. And he was (laughs) like, what? I was like, is this my ADHD? I did And he's like, absolutely. This is ridiculous. Like you're ridiculous. <laughs> and I was like, so yeah, it's, it's just really interesting that our, cause I really thought like everybody just thinks the way that I do, you know, like yeah, this is normal. <laughs> right. I mean, not that it's not normal, but it's just, you know um, it's just different. And yeah. So learning these things, just like that, that metaphor is perfect um, uh, for me to know because it's, it's, I'm allowed to Um, think the way I think because, you know, that's just how it is.
0: (laughs) And, uh, you know,
1: allowing yourself to think like that and notice when you just can't um, do things is, you know, it's just what it is. is. So the, 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 the upside is with ADHD is that you, especially when you're a creative, when you have ideas and you can actually do the things that are related to that idea, you can get it done so quickly and in one day. Yes. It's like, boom. So when you fast. are in, I call it being in the zone, but whatever <laughs> you want to call it, being in the zone in flow, whatever, mm-hmm. that is the most amazing feeling. I mean, I could sometimes like write an entire book in one day if I am in that zone. Mm-hmm. So uh, there are downsides, but I make up for it when sometimes I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to be up till three because I, if I get out of this, I won't be able to complete it because I have to stay here and stick with this idea or else I I won't be able to organize those thoughts later because who knows what I'm going to be thinking later.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like that's the, if you have ADHD as a business owner and you get on a hyperfixation wave and that hyperfixation is your to-do list or a specific project that you wanted <laughs> yeah. oh man, ride that wave, clear out everything else for your day. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right. Yep. I've had I get home from photo shoots, and there will be specific photo shoots that I'm I'm working on one right now that I'm so excited to edit. And so I'm even though I don't need to deliver the gallery for another few weeks, I am gonna ride the wave of hyperfixation and keep editing and get it done early because I'm having so much fun in it. Like when you get on that wave, ride that wave.
1: Yeah, but yeah. don't get off of it because don't then get off. don't stop. I've done that before where I'm so excited and I'm like editing, editing, editing and get to the end, and then I stop and yeah. guess what? I don't feel that, I don't want to say motivation because I feel like with with ADHD, there's like this mix up of what motivation really is. Mm -hmm. But when you actually feel available to finish the task, it could Mm -hmm. be two or three weeks later. Yes. And that has happened with me on many of my photo shoots. That's I exactly. don't know.
0: Exactly. Yeah, when you know. say, yeah, when you say I'm not available to finish this task or I'm not available to focus on this, that yep. really is what it is. Like My brain is not available for that task right now. And there are some yep. days, like we talked about earlier, where we just kind of have to go suck it up and go like, I got to get this delivered <laughs> tomorrow so you know not have to figure it out. But yeah, it's, it's like brain, it's like you go knock on the door and it's like brain not available. Sorry. <laughs> Good but there's today. but there's
1: something about a deadline that like kicks it into gear. For yeah. me, I work best when there's a deadline the next mm-hmm. day. Like, honestly, I've always been like that. And I remember in high school, people would be like, oh, I wrote my essay two weeks ago. And I'm like, oh, I'm writing it right <laughs> now. It's due in two hours. That's actually- And it, guess what? what? I got an A on it
0: that's so true that's actually very true for ADHD people we work best on deadlines so if we can instead of thinking instead of thinking of it in terms like oh I'm really I'm really procrastinating or waiting until the deadline on this what's actually happening is like we just work best the day before it's due and hey we get it done on time so we're not really procrastinating like we're just working on our own schedule and if that is right before it's due right up until deadline so be it because we're still doing our best work and I think it's Good to reframe things a little bit for the ADHD brain. (laughs) Absolutely. And there is one other thing that you said that I wanted to touch on because you noted that you give yourself grace and when your brain just isn't into it you will let yourself have the day which i think is fantastic and i think a wonderful way to manage adhd and i also just want to point out that like even in those moments when you do that you you still you leave your office but you're still a mom you're still somebody that's mm. showing up for work regardless because it is a full-time job to be a mom <laughs> it and... sure is,
1: <laughs> <Can't> <laughs> it <escape>. is.
0: <laughs> well and that's something that i like to talk about and while i currently i don't have kids, I do like to bring this into the conversation. And I did ask if we could do that before we started recording. But I think it's important because there are a lot of business owners out there who are also moms and trying to find, I, I'm i using the word balance, but we kind of <laughs> talked about this earlier. Is, is there even a balance? So I would love to know um, from you to anybody who's listening. What it, what are your thoughts on balancing or figuring things out as you're a mom and you're a business owner and you're an artist? How does all of that sit with you?
1: Well, the thing about motherhood is So they're constantly growing, right? Their brain is constantly developing. So you're always on your toes and you have to work around their development basically. Right. So like I have an eight year old, she is pretty independent. She can go and like play in her room and she's good. So when I got pregnant, when she was six, you know, when she was already going into that, like pretty much she's good. I was like, crap, how am I going to do this? I have to start all over. And I think it's just like, I realized, first of all, it is what it is. <laughs> the baby's in there. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, you know, I, I was, I was really worried. How am I going to be able to do this? And I had just got used to like having that independent gal But, you know, working with their development is interesting because I actually kind of like the challenge of it sometimes, you know, um, first of all, again, with the deadline thing, like, okay, I have two hours until my toddler is going to be back home. Let's like hurry up and finish this up. Right. So in a way it can, it can motivate me. And there's other times where like earlier today, I was on a meeting for my rising tide leaders group and she came on, of course she had only a diaper on and she was crawling all over me. And I'm like, well, business ain't going to happen today. You know, I mean, it's just, you have to embrace all of the, the crap. You know, yeah. because there, there's no avoiding it. So first of all, keeping a positive mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, second of all, working around whatever way you can. And third, finding the community you can that can help you with working is also very important. Point and <laughs> Oh my god, I don't know what that was. That was like old New it. York accent. <laughs> but uh, no, it, it's it's hard um to find community these days because I feel like everybody isolates themselves so much now. Um but I am working on finding that community and as a mom, um honestly there's nothing more important than family and community. Um, because you can't do it on your own mm-hmm. and my community is mainly right now my husband but I ha- I'm making mom friends and we've we've decided hey if you need I I volunteered myself I said look like, if mm-hmm. you need an hour to yourself to go get me your nails done go get a coffee whatever, I will do that for you and she said I'll do the same for you because we genuinely oh. understand each other and we understand the struggle it's also very helpful when you find moms with kids the same age oh. um So especially when they're, um, like under four, I'd say, um, because their development is, is so rapid, um, when they're like, you know, babies up until they're like four, I feel like you have to be around the same age Mm -hmm. to really like get those, them to like play together. Um, so if you can find moms that have kids same age as yours, that's very helpful. And also you guys can just commiserate and talk crap about your kids and that's fun. I talk crap about my kids all the time. It's it's one of the best parts of being a mom. I'm like, my kid is a jerk. Okay, like you know, it's just it's just funny to and fun, and it's it's kind of free therapy when you can meet other moms that are in that same position.
0: Ashley, is there any bit of wisdom that you'd like to leave us with to, with today, or anything that inspires you as a creative and an artist?
1: Um, my gut is telling me that this message needs to be heard. If you have something that you've been dreaming up for years and you've been ignoring it, do it, do it with all of your heart and soul because as somebody who has been very close to death, (laughs) I can tell you that following your dreams becomes so important, (laughs) especially when you get older and you look back and you're like, I wish I would have done that. Just do it. Just go for that dream. Even if it's hard, do it.
0: Okay, wait. So I I feel <laughs> like we need to touch upon something. This, this is really good, by the way. I feel like we need to touch upon something here because you said, and we can cut this out if, if we need to, but you said, as somebody who's been close to death, um, yeah. do you feel comfortable speaking a little more into that or
1: we can just- Oh, yeah. Okay. I talk about it all the time.
0: So I'd really like to talk about this a little bit because I feel like there's a lot of a lot of perspective that can come out of um, an experience that you had. Would you feel comfortable walking us through that a little bit?
1: Oh yeah, I talk about it all the time. And and the reason why is because um well first of all, it was life-changing. You know, um I Woke up in a hospital. Like, what? What's going on? You know, yeah. I di- I had no idea what had happened, but then um, memories kind of flashed back to me, and I recall um, actually during my coma, <laughs> I was put in a coma. <laughs> so wow. I, it was. It, I went into cardiac arrest. So this was a month after giving birth. Oh uh, I'll make the long story short. Yeah. I, I I had eclampsia. My brain swelled, uh, cause my blood pressure went up, my brain swelled, I had seizures and I went into cardiac uh, cardiac arrest. Right. So I I was resuscitated and I, there, I don't know how long that I was, you know, my, my heart had stopped, but it was, I think longer than a minute or two. So wow. they were working on me for a while. I was, you know, I came back and then they, they put me into a coma cause I, otherwise I wouldn't have survived that. So when I woke up, um, you know, I had no idea what had happened, but soon after I started getting flashes of, um, a nurse that I had interacted with in a previous hospital visit who had told me to keep fighting. Cause I was struggling really hard with after birth with all these things in my body. So I remember her talking to me and saying, you're not, you can't go because you haven't done your part yet. Like you're meant for something more and you need to come back basically. (laughs) She said more, but well, but that's, and I swear, I never believed in this, you know, that kind of stuff, but it not only did it open my um, mind to more spiritual things. It made me realize that we're all put on this earth to serve a purpose. It could be a smaller purpose. It could be a bigger purpose. Whatever it is, we're put on this earth for some reason. You know, it doesn't even have to do with religion or, or spirituality. It's just like we we have a duty as people. And for me, I realized that my duty is to use my story to inspire others to follow their dreams. Once I realized I was put on this earth for a higher purpose, I knew that. Doing what I am good at, like photography, videography, um, commanding a room, speaking to people, encouraging people and being a cheerleader. Those are all things that I realized that I saw as almost like a bad thing. Um, And this circles around to the being authentic. It helped me step into my authenticity because I realized that I was playing small and I was trying to put myself like in a position, like a marketing job or something like I thought was stable because I thought that's what I had to do. That's what everybody was telling me to do because entrepreneurship is tricky. It's Mm -hmm. really hard. (laughs) There's so many struggles, but the best part of it is I get to work with what I can work with in my situation and the way I want to do it. And I can encourage others to do the same because I have a story to actually implant in them. Well, Ashley could do it after all of the things that she went through. I've, I've been through a lot since 2021, <laughs> but yeah. because of that, I can encourage people. Look, I, I understand. I've been through some hard times. I was able to, to get out of that and realize that I'm going to follow my dreams and you should follow yours as well. So I'm just really following that path. And also because I know that I was given a second chance, it makes me feel a little more free.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I have so many, I have so <laughs> many questions. But I you but thought that, we were done. <laughs> I, we thought we were done, but this is maybe this is a part two of the podcast. Um <laughs> That is such an incredible story. and I'm so glad that you're sharing this message because I do think I think people need to hear it more than they realize because we do get so mm-hmm. caught up in life and the busyness of it and the what we should do of it. And making time, even if you don't even if you don't have time, but making time to be free within yourself, to be free within your soul, to live your purpose, to move forward with bravery um mm. when we're not sure that we can that's a big deal so oh my goodness thank you so much for sharing that story like that's so important because something that. so this is what's been on my mind this year which feels a little morbid but maybe this is the right time to share it <laughs> but I very starkly felt this year in terms of like living your purpose and and doing bringing into the world what you feel like you're meant to do I feel like I, I I very starkly felt this year, year that like one day, I know we tell ourselves like it's never too late. We can always chase our dreams. And this is true until you realize that one day it will be too late.
1: Mm. One
0: day. And there are a lot of different forms that one day can take and we never really know what day it's going to be. um But right up until then, to keep going and to keep mm. Feeling like you're fulfilling your purpose or chase or like chasing your dream, I think is just so vital because we're never re- we never really know how much time we have to do it, how much
1: yep.
0: resources we'll have to do it, um, and that's just been very starkly on my mind this year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And as somebody who I've I'm either thinking in the past or thinking in the future, the, it's a it's a thing I have an issue with with thinking in the present. I think that that helps kind of ground me in that thought of remembering like look, this is the present moment. We're not going to worry about the, all this stuff then and all this stuff then. We're going to sit here with ourselves now and and ask ourselves what are we doing? Why do we want to do it? We remind ourselves of that constantly, and that continues to set us on the path that we're we need to be set on, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, the path is a little windy. Okay, <laughs> it's like the Texas Hill Country. Okay, it's <laughs> up and down and all around. <laughs> yes, so but so
0: beautiful.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like just continue to just stay present in that moment and remember that you are designed for a reason, mm-hmm. it's, hard to, to, it's hard to think about that sometimes because mm-hmm. there's so many other, you know, there's so many other things that come with that, right? Of like thinking about a higher purpose. But I truly am just seeing it as, um, as like almost selfishly, right? Like mm-hmm. this is my bubble. This is what I choose to believe. And I am going to set myself on the path for myself, not for others, not for religion or spirituality, whatever. None of that. It, it has nothing to do with that. It's just because I feel... I was given a second chance and I'm going to fill that purpose in the way that I want to.
0: That's incredible. I love that. I love that so much. Do you feel like, do you feel like, bear with me on this question? Cause it might be a good question, but it might not be a good question. Do you feel <laughs> like something was like, became not split in your life, but almost like there was the before this, before this happened. And now there's the after.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, wow. absolutely. I I mean, because there was a literal death <laughs> like for a moment there, wow. you know, I mean, I guess w- whatever you want to consider a literal death, my heart stopped beating for a while, you know? um, So I do see that as a, like, almost like a death of my prior self and a rebirth. Um, So I even kind of sometimes my family and I, we joke around it the day that that happened as being my rebirth day, because, um, I often see it that way. Um, there's just something about having a near death experience that sometimes it's sad that it takes something like that. Um, but if you've ever watched documentaries about, um, you know, experiences like this, almost everybody talks about that, about, you know, them realizing something and then them fulfilling their, their potential. Right. And before this happened, I was feeling, you know, I was a little depressed. Honestly, I, I was feeling stuck. I didn't know what to do. There was all these things in my head and that relates to the ADHD, right? Like I couldn't get my mm-hmm. brain set up. Right. Um, but there was this, all this stuff and I was like, I don't know what to do. So I was at a standstill in my life. You know, I was like, okay, I'm a mom. Great. Like, okay. What else am I? I didn't feel like I was worthy of anything else because, um, you know, in motherhood, that's a very common theme. You know, we lose ourselves to our children and, and our everyday lives. And when I when I had that experience, not only did it, of course, make me appreciate the fact that I'm able to be around my children and everything, but um, it made me realize that I can also be something other than a mom. <laughs> and I can and I say be selfish, but I, I don't think it's being selfish because you have to fulfill your your own needs, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the whole cup metaphor, yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah. But you do, you have to fulfill your own needs if you want your, your children to see that happy part of you and also be happy people themselves, you know?
0: Wow. Yes. Every day, every day your children watch you fulfill your purpose and chase your dreams. I can only imagine, I can only imagine like the kind of amazing life that that is setting them up for to to chase their own dreams.
1: Yeah. Especially being, you know, being women, you know, or Mm -hmm. or going to be women in this world. I mean, we're always constantly struggling trying to keep up with everything. I want them to see that it is possible to do hard things, um, to survive death, (laughs) to um, not have to have a... Defibrillator put in you permanently. Because I, I, you know, at one point the doctor was like, we might have to have a defibrillator put in you, you know? um But I was like, no, mm-mm. I'm not going to have a piece of metal in my body. Not that there's anything wrong with that because that would, you know, that's a great invention. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want. I didn't want that to like, make me feel like it was breaking me down, you know, like, no, I'm going to fight through this. So I fought through all of that. I wanted my girls to see, I wasn't going to let this bring me down. You know, I was not. And I want them, I want to be the example for them. I want to set that example for them. And, um, I don't want it to be some celebrity on TV or some story they read in a book, which those are great. But for me to be that, that's awesome. And, just the other day, my daughter was like, um, I'm so happy. And I'm just so happy that you're a great photographer and video person. Like, I'm, I'm so proud of you. She said this to me, you know, and I was just like, gosh, that's, that's my girl. You know, she's seeing that I'm, I'm doing what I love and what I'm good at.
0: That's incredible. That is, such an incredible story. And I just want to applaud you for coming out of such like a difficult, scary experience and going, going to, going toward your dream. That's incredible.
1: I'm always happy to share that because because if it can just help one pe- person realize you know mm-hmm. not to play it small anymore, then I've right? done my job with with sharing that story. And mm-hmm. it, I don't see it as a painful remembrance. I really, I again, i I see this as something very positive, and I see it as something that is only meant to um, do more good in my life.
0: Wow! Yeah, it feels like. So much, of, so much of the time that we spend doubting ourselves or um, hiding ourselves or playing small or making our, making ourselves smaller so that other people can feel better, like the time that we spend doing that, for what? This is what I ask myself all the time in 2023 is, for what? For what? Yeah. Like if Why? there's something that I'm worried about or scared about or mad about or frustrated about, for what? What, what is it getting me? Ultimately, right. It gets me to a point one day where I wasted my time on this earth Mm. over on, on making myself small for what, for what it does, nothing, it gets nothing. And I just, the, and the thing is, is like the, I'm so grateful that you shared this story because it's just, there's no way to overemphasize like how important it is to do the thing you're meant to do today, today, right now, today. Um, and and do it in
1: full authenticity circling around to what we were talking about. Do it in the way that works for you. And, and that shows you your true personality shining through that. Don't try and fake it to be something that you're not.
0: Bingo. Boom. Mm- Mic drop. <laughs> because right, because what you'll end up doing that any time that you spend building a business or being a creative or making art, any time that you spend doing that from a place of like I have to be a certain person, I'm going to step into my persona to do this. Anything you build from the persona that's not really you ends up it's not wasted, but it is a, it does become a lesson one day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know?
0: And so you could otherwise do the scarier, harder thing, the thing that takes a longer time and be, say, just be yourself. Don't worry about the persona. Don't worry about showing up a certain way. Show up as yourself first, which is probably, it's still a challenge. You still have to figure out, okay, well, who am I? The bravest thing you can do. (laughs) Right? Exactly. But that's always going to be the thing that, you know, builds, builds your path along the way. I feel like if you showing up as a persona, you have to rebuild that path at a certain point.
1: Yeah, and then you forget. Um, yeah. Like, oh wait, what was that persona? Like, what was I yeah. doing? Like, and then you like yeah. end up looking fake.
0: Yeah, and like oh, one day you do that. exactly like one day you wake up and the persona is like, you're like, oh, I, this is not me. <laughs> you <really laughs> yeah. wake up and you're like, mm, no, nope.
1: so, no more. Can't no do it. More.
0: I can't. Um, yeah. Wow. This was such an incredible conversation. Thank you so much for sharing that story with us. I think it's so inspirational and so helpful and so clarifying. And so I just really appreciate that. And uh, I just want to reiterate the and on Instagram, the Studio A-W-E, the T-H-E-A-W-E-S-T-U-D-I-O, the Studio. <laughs> go visit Ashley, especially if you're in Austin, if you're in Texas, really, Um, it's worth it. To I'll go it too to you. Austin, right? <laughs>
1: A break for my kids. No, I'm just
0: kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, thank you so much, Ashley. Thank you. Thank you for joining me here today on Over the Edge Podcast. Come back next week. And of course, like, subscribe, give me five stars. I would love that. Um, Help a girl out because I am new to this podcasting thing and I could really use the support. Thank you guys so much for being here and I'll talk to you next week.